To announce the Philadelphia Eagles selection, please welcome, from the University of Michigan, selected in the fourth round in the 1996 draft, offensive tackle and Congressman John Runyon. With the 47th pick of the 2015 NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select Eric Rowe, defensive back Utah. One of my favorite players in the draft, almost 6'1", 205. Eric Rowe played free safety for three years before kicking over the corner this year. He's got length and cover skills. He's a top 50 pick all day long. And Charles, we both felt like this was a guy that could line up outside as a matchup guy against some of those big wide receivers in today's NFL, but also kick inside on the tight ends like Gronkowski. And that's what he did at Utah last year. They used him as a specialty player, that chess piece that can move all over the board. Where they needed him on whatever down, that's where he went. To me, this is a pick, Coach Strong, to deal with their division. You got to deal with Des Bryant in Dallas. You got to deal with Odell Beckham in New York. This is why they went and got him. Well, you look at corners now, you're always looking for size. And even us on the college level, you're looking for a guy who's six foot or taller. And that way you can always match up where you can match up outside and inside. Because what a lot of people are doing now, and you look at a lot, of, a lot of offenses, they're putting their best receiver inside. And so they're looking for a matchup problem. So you love to take a corner, and you look at it, Eric has enough ability where he can go play the nipple position, yep. and he can go cover the inside. And then if you need to bounce him outside on just base down play, he can go outside and play it. And that's another Pac-12 player for Chip Kelly, who has now made 17 draft choices or been part of it since coming off the campus of University of Oregon. Nine of the seven. We're live here at the NovaCare Complex. Dave Spadaro and Merrill Reese. The Eagles have made a trade, as you know, the details, and they select Eric Rowe from the University of Utah, Merrill. Well, that is the guy we were looking for them to select. It's a guy that they had rated very, very highly. And as a matter of fact, Dave, he was selected as the defensive back with the best athletic skills at the entire combine. I am very interested to hear from Chip Kelly whether he plans to use him as a cornerback or a safety. He is considered to be a corner with safety skills. Right. So played for safety, uh, safety I believe, three years at Utah. Played cornerback last year. Big, rangy. Actually watched some tape of him with Mike Mayock one day and enjoyed that. And, uh, yeah. Fills a need for this football team. The Eagles dealing their pick in round number two. That's the 52nd pick overall, as well as two picks in the fifth round, 145 and 156 overall. They get back the 47th pick, which is Eric Rowe, and the 191st pick overall. That's a sixth-round pick from the Miami Dolphins. And Eric Rowe is the latest Philadelphia Eagle at a position of need. Uh, and still and fits the requirements that the Eagles mm -hmm. are looking for. Absolutely. Tall, rangy, versatile, uh, physical, and um, we'll see what he projects as. Chip Kelly will be along in just a little bit to meet the media and explain the move up. Now, the Eagles wanted to keep all of their draft picks. Uh, certainly not the case here. They felt that Rowe would not be there at, 50 at 52. Two. So yeah. uh, they make the move up. They give up the fifth-round draft pick. So the Eagles out of round number five tomorrow but they do pick up a second pick, 191 overall. 
in the sixth round. Yeah, but this is good. This is good because two picks so far, and they got two very highly rated players. They got the wide receiver that they loved, uh, Nelson Aguilar, and then tonight they got the safety or corner that they also thought very, very good about. Okay, let's go Chip Kelly at the podium. Parameter. It's kind of off the charts in terms of what he can do from a physical standpoint. So um, there was a lot of things that stood out for him. You know, he's another guy. We'll get him here and throw him in the mix with the guys we got in the secondary and then figure it out at that point in time. When you work him out, do you do your drills differently for him to, to evaluate his corner skills and evaluate Now, when you work out DBs, you kind of, it's a DB workout. So every skill is, you know, kind of highlighted. Ball skills, change of direction, back pedal. Uh, Ability to flip your hips, all those things are highlighted, whether you're a safety or whether you're, you know, it's really a basically a, almost most teams do kind of use the same workout, whatever DB you're looking at. So. Did you get a yeah, we were working it a little bit there. Yeah, we, we, we felt, and, you know, we, he was the guy we, we wanted all along. You know, I, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if he went a lot earlier. Um, you know, we kind of had him and Byron Jones with the two guys we really kind of targeted. Obviously, when Byron went off the board really early, we were nearly uh, nervous and just hoping that there's a chance he could fall, and um, it worked out for us. So. Was there a specific matchup with tight ends like Graham and Gronkowski? He's a taller, longer guy, so you know you, you hope those are the things. But we'll get him in here and look at look at everything he can do. The fact that he's 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 got that many starts under his belt, that safety, but then really excelled this last year at corner in, in the you know um, I think was kind of very intriguing to us. Was there a team that you thought? I don't know if it was get ahead of because what was going on is a lot of people were trading up. So if you looked at the board and said, hey, I think they need a corner, then all of a sudden you look up and someone jumped them and took that spot. So there was a couple more trades ahead of us where you were you were interested and you're like, okay, I don't look. You, know, you look at a team, hey, maybe they took a corner in the first round, you feel pretty good, but then someone jumps into that spot. You know, so you really can't predict what's going on. There's, I know there's a lot of there's a lot of phone calling going on around the league, it seems like right now in the second round. Yeah. Was Miami the first team you looked at, or had you tried to do this? No, we were working for a while. Does he use specific skills at, at, at safety? Does he have those to fit in your Yeah, team? and I mean, that's what you, we're looking for. We're looking for safeties that can cover, and this kid played actually corner. You know, so he's got those skills, and I, um, he can play corner. You know, so we'll, we'll, we'll figure out exactly where he fits, but he may start out at corner for us. You know, we, we've, got, we've got a lot of time here, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it was getting what we felt was the best secondary guy out there. For what we do, and that's what we we was he was the guy we targeted since the draft ended last night. That that was the guy we that's the guy we wanted. When he was at State, did he roll out single high and play center field? Yeah, he played free safety. Started 33 games at free safety. Started three games at strong safety. So he's done it both. He's been down in the box and he's been a high safety. And he's also played obviously corner. So it's, you know, really, the the one guy that was kind of prototypical and what we're looking for as a defensive player is what in the secondary was Eric. No, I mean, you always have a you have a wish list kind of going into it, but you also, and I think I said it yesterday, when you when need crosses over the talent line, I think that's when you get in trouble because you're reaching. So um, we had a very very high grade on Eric. Um, you know, if we ever traded back, he was the guy that we really targeted. If we were going to move back yesterday, you know, in terms of being able to get, so um, you know, we, we were fortunate enough in terms of what we felt about him um, to get him where we did. Other defensive back process or safety process talk before about how you guys brought in. He's outstanding, you know, really strong from a mental standpoint. He's got a, a very good football IQ. Um, you know, I think those are some of the things that stood out with him. And I think 
his ability to recall what they did at Utah when you put the tape on, tell you the coverage, explain it, but not only explain it from the safety position, but explain it from a corner position. You know, a lot of, a lot of times they're, they're a byproduct of their experience, so they don't know what it's like when you, you kind of move them outside, but he can do that because he actually has done it, you know, in game, so. Mm -hmm. How do you get that feel? How do you? You really don't. I mean, you, you just you, it's it starts on what price are you willing to pay? You know, what's what do you have to really move? And really, it's just picks. So, you know, what what are we willing to give up? You know, we really didn't we didn't want to give up a third or a fourth if if uh, if we didn't have to. Um, and obviously, we didn't. I think we you know a lot of times you offer something to a team and they they come back with a counter offer and say, what about this? Well, that's you know that's not. We're not going to do that. You know, that's too much. That's too expensive for us to make that move. Um, so it worked out in terms of, you know, trading the two fives but getting a six back. So it's really we, we lost one player. Did you try to trade earlier? Yeah, we tried to trade a lot earlier. Yeah, and that's kind of how it works with everybody. Just like when we were on the clock at 20 yesterday, we fielded a lot of calls, but we didn't feel like it was enough. There wasn't enough offered for us to say, okay, we'll take that to move back. You know, there's – because if you take it and move back, you know, the player you want may not be there when you move back. You kind of, you, there's that, you, you can't predict it. So it's a little bit unpredictable. So when, when, when you say, let me start here and I'll come right to you. When yeah. Manu was in Oakland about a week and a half ago, you said he was still kind of getting used to calling around the league and doing trades and stuff. Is he making the majority of the calls so far tonight? We split that up. You know, I think we've done a really good job of delegating wherever it is. I know uh, Rick Mueller and Luke Lewis Clark are on the phones when they're Ed's on the phones, I'm on the phone. So it's really just kind of how it comes in. Because a lot of times, you know, you you're trying to get involved with something, but then someone's calling you, so there's three or four phone lines going on at once. So, but uh, it's very organized up there, not very chaotic at all. So I thought we did a really good job in terms of handling this and getting out of it what we really wanted to get out of it. And starting yesterday when the draft ended, he was a priority for us getting up. You know, as we came in here today and talked about our strategy, what are we going to do? What are we willing to give up um, to go get that player? And is it too expensive? And there were, uh, there were, you know, we had opportunities to move up, but it was just too expensive. And we didn't, we felt like we want, you know, we really want to keep our third pick, really want to keep our fourth pick. So, when you, when you, when let's you go to say he, he's off the charts from a physical standpoint, what specifically do you He ran 4.45 in the 40. He was a 3.94 in the short shuttle. He had one of the best three cones at the combine, uh, 39 inches in the vertical jump, I think 20 reps in the bench press. I mean, when you look at from a height, weight, speed factor, he, he was in the top 25% of all the defensive backs that were, that were out there. And, and I think in most cases in the top 10%. You can too. Yeah, you can see that. It's evident that he's got a skill set. Did you think Jones would be available in the second round? Maybe? Byron Jones? Yeah. No. We felt if we moved back, he would probably be there. But I, we thought he would probably go on the first day. When you look at value and what's too much to give up, do you use the old trade charter? I mean, how do you we have a trade chart. I think it's changed a little bit with the new CBA. And there's a formula in there. There's, a, there's math involved in it. So. Um, we have a computer doing it because that, that's why I was just going to finish is I was told there would be no math. So we have a computer that actually computes that for us. So you just say, what's two fives in this? And then you hit a button and it comes right up. And you're like, oh, it's pretty good. Is it a negative number or a positive number? So it's a, if it's a positive number, we would agree to it. When it's a negative number, you, nah. But if you're buying, you may have to give a couple points. If you're selling, you obviously want to get a couple back. So I don't think Oregon played against Utah in 2012. Did you have exposure to him at all? On the field, no, I didn't play. We didn't play against. Uh, when I played, uh, the only game we played against Utah, he was he was still in high school, so, so I did not see him in person. No. On 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 film for cross opponents, did you see him 
as a college coach, you know, like, like did he catch your eye or what you were on in the draft process? No. When, in, when I was at Oregon, I wasn't scouting for the NFL, so I wasn't really looking to. No, but you can see someone. But we were never going to play Utah, so I would never look at him and say, hey, you know, there's a guy. You really got to take a look at him and say, who's that safety? Because there's a two-game stretch here where you don't play them. So, you know, until it's two years out. So I didn't really think of it. So. I thought he fared very well at the Senior Bowl. You know, and I think uh, that's really where the first time we got first live action look at him, he was a guy that we had identified. Um, our scouts, Trey Brown, did a great job kind of um, laying the groundwork in one of the first, you know, when we were out there and we had our first initial meetings before we went to the Senior Bowl, certainly a guy we had to keep an eye on. We had a lot of people look, take, really take a good hard look at him at the Senior Bowl, and that was our real, for our coaching staff and Ed and myself um, and the other scouts besides Trey, that was our real first exposure to him, um, and we were impressed with him from then. Yeah, I know Keith McGill. He was a little bit taller, a little bit longer. While you were looking at, if you were looking at Keith, did Eric kind of pop out also, even though he was not coming? No, we're really just focusing on that class, you know, so we, we don't really start looking at the next group um, until until you start, you know, the next class. So. What are his strengths specifically as a corner pressing ball skills? Yeah, he's a press corner. He's that big physical press corner we're looking for. He's over 205 pounds, uh, long arms, physical, you know, and I think that's why Utah moved him outside. Um, they felt like that he had the skill set, uh, and it was a good move by Kyle in terms of doing it. And, and really one of the better defensive coaches in college football, Kyle Whittingham at, at Utah, and just really raved about him. I was out there for his pro day with Ed, and then Corey actually went back out and did a um, private workout with him. So You're down to seven picks now. Do you want to try to get another one back? Yeah. I mean, philosophically, you always want to get picks back, but I think you, you don't want to sacrifice if there's someone that you want. So you really just got to look how the – what's left on the board and then, you know, hey, we got a shot at getting them. You know, there's couples that we sweated out. You know, Eric is the guy we really sweated out. Is he still going to be there? Is he still going to be there? Is he still going to be there? So you really just see how it expresses itself and what, what's gone off the board. You know, philosophically, you always want more picks, but you're not just going to say, hey, we're taking picks for the sake of taking picks. If there's someone you really want, you're, we're going we're gonna to take them. So a couple more guys, two more. I think they're really valuable. I think anytime you get an exposure, um, you get a better idea of what they're all about, you know. And I know some people, and I Ed mentioned the other, you know, use them as smoke screens or things like that. I'm not, you know, I, I don't. We're not into that. I, I want to find out as much as we possibly can about each individual prospect, so that when we're really involved in kind of looking at them, is that we're making accurate decisions. As, as our kind of mantra is, is that we don't care who we don't get. We care very much who we do get, you know. So everybody's always, oh, we should have had that guy. We should have had that guy. We better really know about the guy we get, you know. And that's where we're trying to dig deeper and work even harder at knowing everything about those guys and trying to get out as many times. If if we don't bring them in here for a top 30, then we're certainly going to see them at their place and um, just visiting with them. I think their scouts, you know, really did a really good job in terms of getting all the background information because the tape is the tape. You know, I think anybody can look at the tape, but then you have to dig and, and really figure out how do they fit in terms of what we're trying to build here. And, um, you know, Eric is a lot like Nelson. You'll get a chance to meet him tomorrow, and you can kind of see what he's like as a person and his character and all those other things. And uh, it, that's integral in what we're doing. But the only way you're going to do that is you have to go find out, you know, whether you're bringing them in here or, or you're getting on, a, getting on a plane and going to see them at their place. So. Mm-hmm. 
No, I mean, I never saw it. This one, you know, I mean, I don't, I mean, you guys are going to write anything you want, so I don't care. Pac-12, Utah's close to Oregon geographically. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's vowels in the names or whatever. I mean, I think they're all good football players, and that's why we selected them. So we don't specifically look at one side or another side. We just, there's also really good football. There's a lot of Pac-12 players that were selected last night that we, we didn't take. You know, I think Washington had three in the first round. Oregon had two guys taken in the first round last night, and we didn't take them, actually. So. Yeah, we haven't taken Jake Fisher, you know, yet. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks. So Pac-12 fever, you got to laugh about it. Chip Kelly announcing and explaining the move. The Eagles trading two fifth-round draft picks to move from 52 to 47 in round two. They get back a sixth-round pick from the Miami Dolphins and select the name that we talked about at the top of our evening, Eric Rowe. The cornerback safety position to be determined from the University of Utah. Did I did I hear him right where he said at the end, uh, kidding about the fact that they didn't select an Oregon player? He said we haven't taken Jake Fisher yet. Yet. Right. Right. <laughs> so, but, we'll, but we'll, that would that would cap. We'll this find day. out in about an hour and a half, in round three, if the Eagles go in that direction. We are going to take a little break here. Eagles Draft Central presented by Deaton Watson, Dave Spadaro with Merrill Reese. We're, we've got a long way to go. We want some analysis, uh, really in depth, on how Eric Rowe fits in to the Eagles defense from a scheme standpoint. And we are also going to speak with Eric Rowe coming up when we return to Eagles Draft Central presented by Deaton Watson. Welcome back to the NovaCare Complex, Eagles Draft Central presented by Deaton Watson, Dave Spadaro, Eagles insider with the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles, Merrill Reese. And after a day of relative calm, on Thursday, well, Friday's been a second round of trades and Eagles getting into the action as we take a look at round two of this 2015 NFL draft to date. The Giants starting things off with a trade up to the top of round number two, Merrill, selecting Alabama safety, Landon Collins. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Devin Smith went. Right. Any comment on Landon Collins? Well, Merrill? Landon Collins was a great safety. I mean, a great safety for Alabama. And in the box kind in of the safety. In the box safety who did not fit here. And the guy that you really like, and we talked about this on the air, off the air, Durrell Green, Durrell, what's his name, first name? Durrell Dor Green Beckham. Dorio Green Durrell Beckham. Green Beckham, the six foot five and change wide receiver, troubled off the field, and you think that's a great pick by Tennessee. I think it's a risky pick, but he's a talented player. Durrell Green Beckham, to me, is a clone. He, he is very similar to Des Bryant. And like Des Bryant, he comes with baggage. He comes with a very troubled past. But Tennessee feels that he can be a game breaker. He could be the perfect uh, complement to getting Marcus Mariota. And then you see the Eagles making that move to 47, selecting Eric Rowe, a cornerback who played three years of safety uh, before moving to the corner at the University of Utah, and we still have a few picks to go here in round number two. Dave, one thing about Eric Rowe, uh, you might remember, it seems like hours ago, when I asked Tony Pauline, if the Eagles stay at the 52nd pick, will Eric Rowe be available? And he said no. Yeah, and he also thought it would be an exorbitant price, not an exorbitant, but a very stiff price to move up. As it turns out, the Eagles giving up a fifth-round pick, uh, two fifth-round picks getting back a sixth-round pick. Yeah. So it doesn't seem to be too costly on the surface. For the Eagles to go up and get a guy that, as Chip Kelly said, they really, really wanted. You know, it's funny. You, you always hear it on the talk shows, uh, and you hear it uh, a week after the season, then two weeks after the season. 
Are the Eagles better today than they were at the end of last season? I really think at this point, even though it's, it's still incomplete, I think you can make a case for saying that the Eagles defensively are better today than they were at the end of last season. We shall see as it develops and the Eagles get on the football field. In the fan cave, we've got Bo Wolf and Greg Cosell. And the big question is, guys, how does Eric Rowe fit into what Bill Davis does either as a cornerback or a safety? And what's his ideal position? Well, I guess we'll find out come next week when the, the Eagles have a little bit of a minicamp. But we'll take a look at what Eric Rowe will bring to this defense if he is a corner in a little bit in the film room. But let's talk about the player first, Greg. I love this pick. Yeah, we talked about like Rowe that. as a possibility in the first round for the Eagles. He checks all those boxes, the size, the speed, a four-year starter, three years as a starter at safety before moving to the outside of corner. Started as a true freshman in the Pac-12. Tells you the kind of experience that he has gotten, only 22 years old. He, he, he sort of has an understanding of route concepts, I think, because uh, ha of that safety experience. I think he really checks all the boxes for this Eagles team. Yeah, so do I. He's, as you said, 45 career starts. He's played corner this year, and he's a press man corner, and that's exactly what the Eagles want. That's where I think you start with Eric Rowe. That was the last position he played at Utah, and I think he's really comfortable as a press man corner. What I noticed watching the tape is how smooth he was. Now, you wouldn't call him sudden and twitchy, uh, and that's why he's a second-round pick and not a high first-round pick, but I think when he plays press man, he gets in the, on the inside hip of receivers running routes. He's very comfortable doing that. He probably needs to locate the ball a little better, but that will come with, with coaching. But I think that he, you line him up at corner. Now, the thing that he does give you is if you're playing New England, okay, if you're playing Dallas with Jason Witten, if you're playing Carolina as they're playing this year with Greg Olson, he gives you the ability with his size to match up man-to-man -to, -man to a Gronkowski, to a Greg Olson on Carolina, as I said to a Jason Witten. So he gives you versatility for a defense that plays a lot of man-to-man -man coverage, but you start Eric Rowe outside opposite Byron Maxwell. As Chip Kelly said, ran a 4-4-5 at the combine, really blew up the combine among the defensive backs. How about physicality-wise? Is he a willing tackler? Yes, he is, and I made a point when I was uh, taking my notes watching Eric Rowe that he clearly embraced the physical part of the game. And he's played strong safety, so he's played in the box. He's played free safety. He's played single high, so he has the kind of range uh, to be able to run. So I think, as you said, to start this conversation, he pretty much checks all the boxes that you're looking for. But in this league, in a defense like the Eagles, that is predominant press man, that's the more important position than safety. You line him up at press man corner. All right, so as you can tell, we are very happy over here in the fan cave, guys. Back to you in the Xfinity studio. In the Xfinity studio. We're on our way now to the film room. Well, very good. Thanks very much. Uh, and we are kind of in agreement with you there. Great athlete, great fit, and somebody that we've talked about here. And I, I, I find it interesting, Merrill. Let's take a little uh, step back and talk about the first two picks. We came into this draft identifying wide receiver, defensive back, and offensive line. Eagles have gone right out in, in a time when there's no secrets. There's mm -hmm. no secrets being devil. Identifying needs, Eagles go out and bang. Wide receiver, bang. Defensive back. And, yeah. and it makes you think that, yes, round three will be an offensive line. Yeah, I, I think it's a very intelligent way to draft. I, I've heard coaches and personnel people for years say, you take the best athlete available. But then I always add, it's got to be, if, if you have great athletes available, you don't stretch for somebody. But if you have one available in a position of need, 
That's what you have to do. Mm -hmm. And these were positions uh, of, in two cases, I think, dire need. Yeah, and I think it's interesting now. The, when I look at the Eagles secondary, signing Byron Maxwell, who will be a starter, mm -hmm. signing Walter Thurmond, who you think is going to get a look at the slot cornerback position competing with Brandon Boykin, at who's been rumored to be one of those players available at the right price. Uh, then you've got E.J. Biggers, who comes in a journeyman veteran. Jalen Watkins, to me, is kind of a wild card here. Does he get a look at safety? Is he a cornerback? Same kind of thing with Rowe. You've got two players, two young, talented players who have that versatility to play both. You want to make sure that they're not jack-of-all-trades, masters of none. You want to make sure that they're good enough, either at cornerback or at safety, to make an impact. Yeah, and, and I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Nolan Carroll starting at the other cornerback aside across from Byron Maxwell. Which leads me I to will believe. Be. I will, will be. be surprised. I think Nolan Carroll can play. I, I think really Nolan do. Carroll is really good in a uh, as that quasi linebacker in the dime. That's where I, that's where I think his role is absolutely perfect. But I haven't seen him on the corner that much. Okay, but I, I think there are some real possibilities now at safety. You mentioned Jalen Watkins, and of course, it wouldn't shock me uh, to see Eric Rowe compete as a safety because, as you said, he has a lot of experience there. He has the size, he has the skill set to be a successful safety in the NFL. Well, it's interesting. We've been on Eric Rowe for quite some time, and when we send our crew down to Mobile, Alabama, and the senior bowl, Bo Wolf caught up with one Eric Rowe. Well, we're here with Utah defensive back Eric Rowe, and I guess the question for you, Eric, is, is cornerback or safety? What's it going to be? Uh, I prefer cornerback. Uh, but that's just my personal opinion. But, you know, wherever the coach needs me, you know, just like every guy, you know, I'll play it. What are, what are the differences for you, obviously, you know, where you line up and stuff, but in terms of skill set, you feel like you can do both? Oh, uh, yeah, especially I have a whole, you know, college team on my belt, especially in the Pac-12 where they spread out and pass. There's a lot of great receivers uh, in the Pac-12. Some of them are here today. And so, you know, guarding them, you know, I feel like I have that under my belt. And then obviously three years at safety, uh, you know, I can roam the field or just play man. So. It's you know just like whatever. What was the transition like for you this season, going from from safety to cornerback? Uh, it was tough, just from being uh, seeing the whole whole uh, whole uh, offense from you know the center of the field to just I mean, cutting it down to half, and then really corner just focusing on my. We play a lot of man, so I'm just focused on my man and my technique rather than at safety focus on the checks and calls I have to make. So I mean, it was a big uh, difference mentally. I think you're getting a little more time at safety here so far this week, but as you talk to teams, what do they tell you about how they see you? Uh, I think they just asked me what, what would I prefer, and I would say corner, and they would nod their head. Like I guess that's, that's what they prefer to. Uh, you know, I, I think I should be playing some corner tomorrow, but I, you know, right now they have me at safety, so I'm just trying to ball out at safety. Uh, obviously, one of the, the intriguing things about you on the outside is your size. How do you think that helps you as a cornerback? Uh, especially with the receivers nowadays being really tall and long and I mean that combination with speed I feel like I can match up physically and then uh, with my physical play I love to play aggressive uh, I feel like I can bring that to the corner position. As a, as a cornerback what would you say is the, the scouting report on you? What would you tell fans who've never seen you before? What do you do well? What do you need to work on? Uh, for fans who never seen me, uh, very physical. I can come on and run support. I love to hit, especially the big hits. I look for those. Uh, many things I knew what do well. Just really, just focus on my eyes, catching the ball, catching the ball with my eyes, because I tend to look away when I'm about to catch it, uh, and maybe play like a little off coverage. 
Okay. As you as you you know dream at night about making a big play, is it is it a, a pick six or is it laying a big hit? It's a pick six. <laughs> it's a pick six. You know, snatching the ball out the air and just running down the sideline, just having to seeing the crowd just go wild for the home game. <laughs> mm -hmm. Is there a, a corner or safety in the league who you'll sort of look up to as a, a player you hope to emulate? Uh, Cam Chancellor. I, I like the way he hits, really aggressive, and has a lot of emotion, so I, I look up to him. All right, last question we'd like to ask everybody. Who's the best player you played this season? Uh, Nelson Aguilar from USC. Very quick, very explosive. Uh, probably the quickest I've seen. All right, well, Eric, best of luck, and maybe we'll see you in Philadelphia one day. All right, thanks. Thanks, man. And isn't that interesting? It was the game October 25th, a 24-21 win, Utah over USC, and Nelson had 10 catches. 110 yards. Yeah, well, he, he's special. He's you know what? Uh, we are finding today already that the two guys that Chip Kelly drafted are very, very intelligent, very well-spoken, very poised, and very mature. Eric Rowe, member of the National Honor Society mm -hmm. in high school. He had five tackles in you, that. You were in that, victory, weren't by you? The way. I was not in that. You we weren't. take your phone calls on the other side. Give us a buzz, 215-339-6709. What's your reaction? Eagles have made two selections, one on offense and one on defense. How are you feeling about this 2015 NFL draft? We will hear from you on the other side as Eagles Draft Central, presented by Deaton Watson, returns in just one moment. We welcome you back, Eagles Draft Central, here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Dave Spadaro, Merrill Reese, in case you are just joining us, the Eagles making their second selection of this 2015 draft. Engineering a trade with the Miami Dolphins, sending the 52nd pick overall and two fifth-round picks to the Dolphins in exchange for the 47th pick in round number two and a sixth-round pick in selecting Utah defensive back Eric Rowe. What's your reaction? 215-339-6709. Let's take a phone call. Let's go down to Tampa and talk to Henry. Henry, good evening, sir. Okay. I do not hear Henry, so we will not have Henry. Henry, give us a call back. 215-339-6709. We had a chance to catch up with Eric Rowe at the Combine, and as every player has a press conference, meets the media, answers the hard questions, you'll be impressed. Eric Rowe from the Combine in Indianapolis. No, nothing like that. Just whatever the team needs, I don't know what they need. Like within their scheme-wise, but if they need me at safety, I'm there. Eric, do you uh, get to know Eric Weddle much, his comeback? Uh, he does come back, yeah. and uh, he's talked to us as a team a couple times, so I, I heard a couple of his speeches. What does a guy like him, his success, what does that mean for guys like you coming out of Utah, especially in your position? Uh, it means that they develop really good safeties at our school. Uh, he's very intelligent. Yeah, I mean, I can hear it when he talks. I'm sure he's football savvy. Uh, that's just a credit to Utah. Mike Mack was saying he thought you were a good fit for the Ravens. Uh, have you had a formal with them, or is it coming up? Uh, I don't think I have a formal with them. No, I, d I do, actually. I do, so it's coming up tomorrow. Is that team that you like have any feeling for at all, as far as uh, whether that be a good fit for you? I mean, I don't know. I haven't really thought of that. <laughs> You're classified as both a corner and a safety in this draft. We talked the senior bowl first practice. Uh -huh. They had you practicing that safety. 
Can you talk about how being able to play both positions, how that makes you a more valuable asset than some of the other guys? Uh, just, just being as, I don't know, to say if I'm on the roster and a corner goes down, I'm at safety. I mean, they can always move me down there uh, to fill in that position or, you know, vice versa. So I feel like I have that added value of I can play both spots at any given time. And you play both at Utah, right? Mm-hmm. You said corner is your preference. Why do you prefer the corner position? I feel like I have more success at corner, uh, just playmaking-wise. Uh, and I, I love the challenge of it, going one-on-one with receivers. Keith McGill, the guy that came out last year, he was another one, some said safety, some said corner. Have you gotten to talk to him at all? Uh, I, I, I talk to him every now and then. Um, I think the last time I talked to him was like in December. He asked me how I was doing and what, what bowl game we're going to and all that. So you, you pretty much said corner is your preference. I mean, are you pretty much just leaving it open and kind of get in where you fit in? Yeah, corner is my preference, but it's still, all right, if I get picked up by a team, they need a safety, you know. Bam, I'm at safety then. Uh, from a corner, I mean, they need a corner, then I have a corner mindset. So I can just switch it either way. I know you played at Utah uh, before my time. <laughs> I was early in high school. And I know that he's another long corner that came out. Uh, played for the Dolphins, now for the Chiefs. Just through, uh, so the past season, I played a couple in, I had played a couple nickel. I mean, playing inside. If we went four three, and I saw I had like potential just the way I move my feet and flip my hips. And so when Keith got drafted, they wanted to replicate that, so they moved me there in the springtime. How do you feel about that? I mean, it's a nice challenge for sure. You're going that you're going that island in the six four. Chance you can get burned. I mean, how do you, you appreciate the challenge? I don't know, just really the competition of, you know, just actually going out there and, like, just seeing a whole nother view, uh, the way the game is played, from seeing the whole field to just one half of it. I mean, I mean, it was tough, though, but just the challenge of changing my whole perception of the game. Is there a point where you realize, is there a game where you realize, hey, I can, I can do this? Uh, really during fall camp. Uh, going against Drez a lot, I mean, who I got beat several times by him. <laughs> but uh, after, like, towards the end, I started getting a lot better at it. And then when it came to season, you know, uh, once it really clicked in my head, like, I can do it, you know, I started playing out. I just I prefer corner of safety just because I feel like it's more of a challenge uh, going out on the island and covering the man-to-man or even the zone. Uh, but I, I just feel like more of a challenge, and I just love challenges. I mean, just this past season, uh, I've been playing corner all the way up, starting that corner every game until USC. That week, flipped right back to safety. Had to switch my whole mindset, give checks and calls. Played safety that first half of that game. Second half went back to corner. I mean, I, I can just change mindsets pretty fast. Do you watch I do. 
I watched him on YouTube a lot. Hit one on ones. How tough is it to get get over when you've given up a big play when you allowed the lost punt? How tough is it to get over? It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty tough, but I learned that if you don't get over it, they're gonna keep attacking you. So you're only gonna dig yourself a hole. Uh, I learned that about the second game of my season at corner. Uh, I got attacked a couple times and. They kept coming at me, so then the next game I realized, all right, if I get beat, got to shake it off because they're going to keep coming. What's the trick to shaking it off, though? If you care so much about winning, give up a big play, it's hard, not, hard to get out of the yeah, I mean, it's hard, but I don't know. I found a way to just merely, all right, it's over, like, make another, like, make an, uh, go to the next play. So often uh, the corner safety thing is about speed. They don't, you know, teams, if they think you're a corner, you Safety, you don't have enough. Is that something you're looking to prove here? The speed? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I guess I don't know why. I don't know how to think I'm slow. I don't know what shows it, but I mean, there's no point in talking about it. I just got to go out there and prove it. What are you going to run? I say, like, in the 4-4s. Four Your size. I, th I think that's what it is. Oh. If you can run at that size, it's great. What is your size? What'd you measure? Six foot and 205. Does it mean anything that corners get paid more than safety? Actually, I really didn't know that. <laughs> I really didn't know that. Uh, so I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> what ways do you use your size to your advantage when you're out playing corner, especially on the outside? Uh, when I press, getting a hand on quick, because uh, I got longer arms, I can reach out there to them uh, faster, stopping inside routes, slants. And then just with down the field speed, I feel like I can open up and open up and stride with the receiver. So, I mean, I feel like I had those to my advantage. Scheme-wise, do you feel there's a, a fit for you, one more than the other, whether it be zone or press man team? Uh, press man team, just because at Utah, that was basically our defense, a lot of press man, so it's just something I'm used to. You were all district basketball player in high school, right? Yeah. What position did you play? Small forward. Small forward. Were you jamming for Jamming. Tell me about that little game. Uh, you're trying to work out the sequence and the schedule. Some guys can match this reality, but how fun is it to kind of do a little cat and mouse game with the hands? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty fun. Like, once I get a hand to the chest, I mean, it just feels good to hit it right on target and watch them go back a little bit. And after that, it's, it's basically over. Uh, I mean, there's a couple, t I mean, I, I went against a couple good receivers that, that'll, that know how to use their hands, too. So, it's kind of like going back and forth. And that's Eric Rowe from the Combine, his press conference in Indianapolis. Very well-spoken, poised, again, very much as we talked about, like Nelson Aguilar. You're right. Uh, once upon a time, the Eagles drafted another Eagle, uh, another Eric for the secondary. His name was Eric Allen. Right. And uh, he came out of Arizona State and had a great, great Eagles career. Uh, let's hope I that like Eric all these Rowe. Uh, I was just looking at the, the notes from the uh, media packet, and the last time the Eagles had the 20th pick in the draft, they selected Mike Quick in 1982. Mm -hmm. So all these trying to they're, tie they're all this thing together. To, it's good karma. Yeah, it is. Let's <laughs> go over to the fan cave as Bo Wolf and Greg Cosell have a film breakdown of Eagles cornerback safety, Eric Rowe. All right, let's take a look now, Greg, at some of the things that Eric Rowe will be asked to do in this Eagles defense and for the Eagles press man very, very common, and 
when, that, when it comes to that, disruption is the name of the game. Let's talk uh, about a play here where we've got Bradley Fletcher up against Jason Avant at the bottom, and you will see what that disruption can lead to. Yeah, and the Eagles, Bo, like to play a lot of what we call man-free coverage, man-to-man across the board with a single high safety, and they put their corners in press position. And when you play press, it's all around all about disrupting the timing of the route and then the throw. And here's a perfect example as you let it go. You're going to see here really tight press man coverage. Uh, here Fletcher gets his hands on Jason Avant right there, and all of a sudden Avant's not at the depth that the quarterback expected. They disrupted the timing of the route concept, and you see what happens. Timing, obviously, is such an important part of the passing game, so Cam Newton expecting Jason Avant to be 10 yards deep. He's only 8 yards deep. Bradley Fletcher gets the pick 6. All right, let's move on now to the Packers, and we've got Kerry Williams at the bottom of the screen. Another timing play here, more disruption pressing at the line. Yeah, right down here at the bottom of the screen, you're going to see that. And this is going to be a blitz, and it's going to be that man-free concept again, which is very prevalent for the Eagles. And you'll see right now Aaron Rodgers takes the snap. He looks to that route that Kerry Williams is covering. It's a quick slant, but it's disrupted. Rodgers did not feel comfortable taking the snap. He saw the disruption. He turned and threw it away because the pressure was in his face and he had nowhere else to go. But it all started with the press man coverage, the physical press man coverage. That's absolutely right. Let's move on now to Jacksonville. Kerry Williams again, this time at the top of the screen. You'll see the disruption this time this, on a screen. This is really interesting as we look up here because this is a bubble screen, which is becoming very prevalent also in the NFL. And again, you see a single high safety, so you see the, the press man coverage. And this is a great, great play because rarely do you see these kinds of plays disrupted by corners. The ball is almost always caught, but he does such a good job playing tight press man that the block can't get to him, so therefore he's able to break up the throw. That is really good. So when you hear that the Eagles want players with length and be able to press, what, what does the length help with? Well, the length helps. Just being able to get your hands on the guy? Well, the length helps in a variety of areas because usually taller players have longer arms, number one. And number two, it allows them as you get plays down the field, which we're going to see right here, by the way, this is a great example because if you're longer, if you have more length to your body, you're able to break up passes better than someone who's two or three inches shorter. And here we're going to see a great example at the top of the screen. And if you let this run as we clear it, you're going to see that this becomes true man coverage with absolutely no help. And the nature of the play, if you freeze it right here, look what you get. This is man. There's no safety. The safety has moved to the other side of the field because of the nature of this play action, actually run action look. So this is what we almost call zero man with no safety help. And here you're going to see a really good job by the corner, that's Kerry Williams, staying with Des Bryant. So the Eagles ask their corners to play this way pretty consistently. That is the number one mandate in order to play corner for the Philadelphia Eagles is you must be able to effectively execute press man coverage. And in a division with Des Bryant, Odell Beckham, Deshaun Jackson, you can see why the Eagles would make the move to trade up to get some help in the secondary. And one more point, there's two kinds of press man. There's physical press man, as you indicated, where you put your hands on the receiver, and there's what we call mirror or shadow press man, where you sort of let the receiver declare his route, and then you react to that. Eric Rowe was very, very good at that. So obviously we're speculating just a little bit that Eric Rowe will go to the outside for this Eagles team. Possible he'll start at safety, but if he is 
a cornerback. He will be asked to do those press man things for the Seagulls defense. Back to you guys now in the Xfinity studio. Thank you very much from the fan cave. Let's take a phone call here. Go to, Mecca, to New Mexico and talk to James, who joins us on Eagles Draft Central, presented by Dietz and Watson. James, hello there. How you doing? Good. What's on your mind? Um, I like the pick. I do. <clears throat> but I was wondering if, what all the fans think. If the, he starts over Earl Wolf, if the case is, if he is at safety. Earl Wolf is coming off a uh, – thanks very much for the call. Earl Wolf is coming off uh, a knee surgery, microfracture surgery. I think that for Earl, it's really difficult to come back from that, from that injury. He's had some problems physically. I guess the way I look at safety, and, and I do think there's a possibility that Roe plays a safety position. Is it Biggers? Is it Watson? Is it, uh, is it uh, uh, Ed Reynolds from Stanford last year? Does he kind of jump up here in year number two? I think it's a very wide-open picture next to Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah, I would agree with you. I wouldn't quite write Earl Wolf out. Remember, as a rookie, he had some very, very promising appearances, and then he was uh, beset by a bunch of injuries, but uh, he knows going into this training camp that his job is very much on the line. So it will be up to the uh, former North Carolina State star to put forth a really good effort and not only make this team, but try to win a starting spot. So that is uh, the coverage here tonight. We take a look at the safety situation for the Eagles. Reynolds Brzezinski and Maragos primarily are special teams players. We think Jalen Watkins will get looks there and possibly E.J. Biggers as well. And the most recent Eagle here, Eric that Rowe. is Eric Rowe from the University of Utah. And um, certainly an impressive first two picks for the Eagles. We take a break here. Eagles Draft Central, Dave Spadaro, Merrill Reese. And we'll be back in just one moment. Welcome back to Eagles Draft Central, presented by Dietz and Watson, Dave Spadaro, Merrill Reese. We now bring in Tony Pauline, one of our draft insiders from draftinsiders.net. Up in New York City, your reaction, Tony, to what the Eagles did in round number two? You know, this is the guy that a lot of us thought they were going to take in round number one, Eric Rowe. So, you know, in a lot of ways, they've got first-round value midway through the uh, second round. It's the bigger, more physical corner that they want. You've heard Coach Kelly talk a couple times about how he likes smart players. Uh, Rose got terrific football intelligence. He's very coachable, guy who's got a high upside, maybe some bumps in the road along the way. Uh, but, uh, but someone I think, you know, you can start off in nickel packages and can uh, really develop into a starting cornerback, even play some safety. Is there a better position for him, Tony? I mean, it's great to have versatility, but sometimes you have players who – you say he can play both positions, and they're really not outstanding in one of those positions. Is he outstanding in one, in both, or neither? No, I'd say he's a better cornerback than he is a safety. I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's an outstanding cornerback. If he was an outstanding cornerback, he would have been selected in the first round. But he's a good cornerback. He's got a high upside. He could also play safety, even special teams if you need. Tony, if he did play safety, what kind of a tackler is he? I know we know that they want them to be a press cover guy, but also uh, we've seen too many safeties who don't tackle well. No, he does. He'll lay it on the line. He'll come up, wrap up, uh, square into the ball handlers, and drive through tackles. He's, he's not going to shy away from contact. He's not one of those guys. So, Tony, how would you assess what the Eagles have done here with Nelson Aguilar in round number one and then taking into account the trade, giving up two fifth-round picks, getting back a sixth-round pick, and taking Eric Rowe? How do you look at the yeah. Eagles through two picks? 
Yeah, combined, you got to like it. I was not that high on the Aguilar pick because I didn't feel he was a mid-first-round choice. But when you look at both of them together, basically what they did was they got two players of, of first-round talents uh, and gave up a, a couple of fifth-round picks for them. So I think overall they did very well. And, Tony, we are looking a little bit ahead here to pick number 84 for the Eagles. And we're thinking offensive line. What does the group look like offensive line-wise, particularly interior offensive line, in the third round? Uh, in the third round, you know, th there's still some good guys on the board. I mean, A.J. Can of South Carolina has slid down. Ali Marpet uh, of, of Hobart's still there. If, if he's available in the third round, I think that'd be a terrific pick, really a Chip Kelly type of uh, lineman. I, I, Trey Jackson of Florida State's still available. So, you know, they may get lucky like they did with Eric Rowe in the second round and be able to get a, a, a highly rated guard in round three. Would anybody take a chance on, like, oh, Collins at this point? No, I doubt it. I think he's going to go undrafted. Uh, I know that the reports are out there that if he's not selected uh, by tonight in either the second or third round, he's going to opt for the 2016 draft. I just don't see a team taking a chance. You know, there's too much risk. There's too much unknown. Uh, you know, if you take him and somehow he's implicated, you know, you got a public relations disaster on your hand. There's, there's just too much, and there's too many other good players there. All right, Tony Pauline, we thank you so much for joining us here on Eagles draft central thanks so much tony we'll talk to you a little later on merrill we have some other business to take care of by the okay. way the cowboys taking randy gregory yeah. in round number two time now to meet the eagles second round draft pick from the university of utah defensive back eric rowe we welcome him in on the phone here at eagles draft central presented by deets and watson dave spadero and the voice of the eagles merrill reese eric congratulations how you feeling tonight oh really excited Great. I don't even know how to explain it. <laughs> uh, it, it. Has it been just a whirlwind for you? I mean, um, not only these last couple of nights, but the whole process leading up to draft weekend? Yeah, it was, it's was. it been long. Uh, I, I don't even know how much really goes into the draft process. And, well, now, you know, now I know, but, <laughs> man, it's, yeah, it, but it's been a whirlwind, though. Uh, let's talk about you as a football player. Uh, and I know you've answered the question many times cornerback or safety or both or it doesn't matter both doesn't matter i mean whatever helps the team out get us to the playoffs you know i'm all for it eric what kind of contact have you had with the uh, the eagles people coach kelly uh sorry what was the question i said uh, what kind of a contact have you had with the eagles have you met their people have you been here oh yeah i mean coach Kind of before then, like combine senior bowl was kind of kind of general. Talk to the coach, uh, you know, just like every other team. And then uh, I, I went on a pro day. Chip Kelly came out to the pro day to see me, and I was like, oh wow, you know, surprising. And then they invited me on the team visit, and I guess they fell in love with me. Eric, uh, let's talk about your football career and and just I mean I'm talking all the way from the time you first started. When did you when did you really really kind of fall in love with the game of football? I mean, I fell in love with the game since I've been playing since I was like seven. I mean, so really it was – I always loved the game. But, you know, just growing up playing it, especially in Texas, it was just a normal thing to me every day. I right. thought, you know, I mean, every season. So it wasn't like just one year, like, man, I love it. I mean, I've been loving it since I was little. Was there a time when you like, that you can remember that you thought, "Hey, I, I got a shot to play here in the NFL"? Uh, 
past either. Uh, <laughs> well, Eric, was there a NFL player, a corner or a safety, who you looked up to, who was almost a, a hero to you? Growing up, I used to watch the coach a lot, and I used to watch Bob Sanders. I just, man, I just loved the way he hit. I mean, I think he would, he would hit so hard he'd take himself out the game. With the Colts. Uh-huh, like, like back in the early 2000s. I mean, I used to love watching him. It's really interesting how the game has changed, and for a defensive back, uh, you've had to change your game with these rules, um, obviously making it a little safer for players. Uh, has that been a, a challenge for you to, to kind of adapt your game along with the way the game itself has evolved? Uh Hitting-wise, no, because I, I was never the one that aimed for the helmet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always aimed for, like, the, the body shot or, like, the leg. So it, that that part really hasn't changed. Um, and really, I was – I was when I made the move to corner, I was never too grabby at the start anyway. So uh, the PIs I – I think I only had two PIs last season. I mean, but other than that, I mean, I was never too grabby. So, I, I mean, I – I, I mean, the, the rule change really hasn't affected me, like, personally, the way I play. So, I mean, I, I don't know, like, if I adapt it or not. Eric, from a technique standpoint, you, you really seem to make a very, very quick adjustment moving from safety to cornerback. At Utah, what, was there a lot of emphasis that, that every defensive back works uh, kind of in, in isolation and, and works on the technique of single coverage and, and getting up to the line of scrimmage and playing press? Yeah, I mean that's that, I mean that was a huge emphasis. Like moving the corner, not it was not so much schematic wise. I mean it was it was to me fairly simple. It was more emphasis on uh, your man technique. It was every day, so even after practice, I work on my you know the, my press technique and my off technique, uh, just because I know our coordinator he loved to play a lot of man and like three corners out out by themselves. So I mean it was a huge emphasis. Eric, just to tell us a little about your your hobbies, your interests. What did you major in at Utah? Uh, did you finish your college degree work? Uh, hobbies. I love playing basketball. I mean, grew up. I think I I think I love bas- basketball a little more than football. Kind of growing up, but then uh, kind of when I got to high school, is when I really started loving like loving football like kind of more. But I uh, love playing basketball. You know, golf when I can. Uh, just kind of outside sports, just to get away from the games. And but uh, as far as school-wise, I graduated with a business administration degree uh, in 2014, December. So pretty proud about that. <laughs> yeah, congratulations! Should on be. That. It's, that's very difficult to do. Tough for you to. I obviously wasn't, but how difficult was it to manage the demands of academia and the demands of a very rigorous football schedule? Uh man, it was tough because I know in the spring and summer of 2014 that's when I really had to like really had to pack it down and really take a lot of classes to graduate by the fall uh, just so I wouldn't have classes left over in the spring of 15 but I mean, it, it was it was nice you know I'd have class at 7 30 in the morning and my last class in at 9 a.m at night and that trying to trying to trying to work out stay upstairs with playbook I mean it was tough but uh, we caught up with you at the Senior Bowl, and our last question to you was, who was the diff- most difficult receiver you played against? And you said Nelson Aguilar, who is your new teammate. 
Can you give us a scouting report on Nelson? Uh, I mean, I, like I told every other scout coach in the NFL, I mean, I think, first, I think he was the best receiver in the Pac-12. Uh, from a standpoint of, I didn't get to match up with him like man to man because I was a safety that game, but mm-hmm. just trying to tackle him, uh, he was he was shifty, crafty, explosive, like probably the most explosive receiver I, you know, kind of seen like personally. Uh, just the way he plays the game, it was just you know something different. Well, we are so happy to have you here in Philadelphia. The fans are happy to have you here. The Eagles, of course, thrilled to have you, Eric Rowe. Thanks so much for joining us on Eagles Draft Central. Enjoy your evening and get ready to come to Philadelphia and get to work. Thank you very much, Eric Rowe, second-round draft pick for the Philadelphia Eagles. Good guy, and he's excited. Yeah, and we're all excited to have him as a Philadelphia Eagle. The Eagles have the 84th pick in this draft. That is a third-round selection. So when they turn in their card, we think at 84 or could be 79 or 89 or whatever it is, We'll come back live with Eagles Draft Central, presented by Dietz and Watson. So until then, for Merrill Reese, I'm Dave Spadaro. Stay with us. We've got you covered in the social world. Got you covered in the digital world. Everything about the Eagles in this 2015 draft. 